0: Several years ago, there was an Olympics event held in Seattle, Washington, and the one event that has been talked about for years afterwards was the 100-meter final. Lined up on the starting line were nine contestants waiting for the gun to signal the beginning of the race. As the gun fired, they began to run, well, sort of, for this was the Special Olympics, a competition for physically and mentally challenged people. And the nine young men and women were filled with excitement as they ran and laughed and raced toward the finish line. But one little boy stumbled on the track. He tumbled over a couple of times and fell on his face. And as he lay there crying, the other eight heard him. They slowed down and then stopped and looked back. And together as one, they all turned around and went back, every single one of them. One girl with Down syndrome was bent down and kissed the fallen boy and said, that'll make it better. And then all nine of them linked arms and walked together to the finish line. Everyone in the stadium stirred, and, and they stood up, and they, the applause went on and on and on. People cried and cheered and gave each other hugs and high fives. Now, what happened that day to elicit such a powerful, heartfelt response from the people who witnessed this Olympic event? They had seen love in action. And it had such an overwhelming effect on them that they stood to applaud and to cheer. Such is the nature of loving focus of our lesson today. The effect of love in action is undeniable, moving, even life-changing. We're in the midst of a series of lessons entitled The Great Cost of Discipleship. Six times throughout Jesus' teaching ministry, Jesus made a statement something like this, if you want to be my disciple, then if Then, something's expected of us as Christ followers. Two Sundays ago, we took a closer look at the first of these discipleship requirements, abiding from John 8, verses 31 and 32. Last Sunday, we zeroed in on the second of these discipleship requirements, producing in John 15 and verse 8. And this morning, we're going to focus on the third of these discipleship requirements, loving here in John 13, verses 34 and 35. Loving. Let's begin today's lesson by looking at the Scripture together. Follow along, would you, in your Bible as I read today's text. John chapter 13, we're going to look at verses 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, notice how some other versions translate or paraphrase these same two verses. The contemporary English version. I am giving you a brand new command. You must love each other just as I have loved you. If you love each other in this way, everyone will know that you are truly my disciples. J.B. Phillips in his living letters says, I'm giving you a new command to love one another just as I have demonstrated love for you, so you must demonstrate love for one another. This is how all men will know that you are my disciples because you demonstrate such love for one another. The Living Bible I am giving a new commandment to you now. Love each other as much as I love you. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The message. Let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are really my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. The New Living Translation. I give you a new law to live by. You are to love each other. How is this new? Because you must love each other as I have loved you. If you love each other with my love, all men will know that you are my followers. The voice. Let's read this one out loud together. Would you read this one with me? I give you a new command. Love each other deeply and fully. What does that mean? Just remember the ways that I have loved you. Then demonstrate your love for others in those same ways. Everyone will know that you are my genuine followers if you demonstrate your love to others. In summary, then, if we love others like Jesus loves us, the whole world will take notice. Like with the special olympians everyone will stand and applaud that's the effect of loving like jesus loves now there are three observations about today's text that i think merit our attention and explanation as we're looking at the scripture together first of all i want you to observe with me love's direction love's direction (coughs) once again look at the first part of verse 34 a new command I give you, Jesus says. Love one another. Now, stop there for a minute. In what way is this command new? I mean, isn't this just the second greatest commandment all over again? Remember, Jesus was asked in Matthew 22 and verse 36, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied in verses 37 through 40, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So when Jesus commands us here in John 13, 34 to love one another, isn't he just reinforcing the second greatest commandment? In what way is today's text a new command? Well, the answer is in love's direction. To whom our love is to be directed. This loving principle was a brand new command at the time that Jesus spoke it here in John 13 and verse 34. Compare the two love commands with me. The earlier command instructed us, love your neighbor. This new command instructs us, love one another. Did you catch the change in direction there? The original command, although very, very important, after all, it is the second greatest commandment, Jesus said, is neighbor love. But this new command is one another love. Don't miss this. The third test of true discipleship, loving, is all about our love for one another as disciples. Our love for other Christ followers. It's all about how we love one another in the church. God's family. This command to love one another had never existed before today's text because the church, the family of Christ followers, had never existed before. And that's what makes this command new. It's love's direction. Second, we must observe love's demonstration. Love's demonstration. Notice the second half of verse 34. Jesus says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now once again, take note of the difference between how love is to be demonstrated in this new commandment as compared to the original commandment. The second greatest commandment, love your neighbor, is qualified by the words as yourself. This new commandment, love one another, is qualified by the words as I have loved you. See the difference? To love your neighbor as yourself is one level of love's demonstration. But, as I have loved you, so you are to love one another, is a whole new level of love's demonstration. To love your neighbor as yourself is brotherly love. It's the Greek word philos, from which we get our word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's a kind of common, practical, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours kind of conditional love. But, this love, as I have loved you, so you must love one another, is Christ-like love. This Greek word is agape, a word, by the way, that didn't even exist in the Greek language until Jesus Christ demonstrated it. It's the love that Jesus described in last week's text, John fifteen thirteen. this way, when he said, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for one's friends. The Apostle Paul described it this way, Romans 5 and verse 8. In fact, let's read this verse out loud together. Would you read it with me? God shows us how much He loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John 4 and verse 10, This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Here's the bottom line. We couldn't even begin to understand this agape love if it wasn't for the cross and how Jesus showed his love for us. Love's demonstration. And then third, I think we must observe love's distinction. Love's distinction. Once again, don't miss what Jesus said in verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, the question is, how will everyone know whether or not we are truly Jesus' disciples by whether or not we go to church or by whether or not we read our Bible or we pray or we serve or we teach or we sing in the choir or we give or whatever? No! The one and the only answer is by this, if you love one another. Now to my knowledge there's only one time that Jesus gave the world everyone permission to judge whether or not we are really truly genuine authentic Christ followers and this is it. The world will know if we are truly disciples or not by whether or not we love one another in the same way that Jesus has loved us. By this Everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. In his classic book, The Mark of a Christian, the late Dr. Francis Schaefer wrote, and I put this there in your notes so you could have it, through the centuries men have displayed many different symbols to show that they are Christians. They've worn marks in the lapels of their coats, hung chains around their necks, even had special haircuts. Of course, there's nothing wrong with any of this if one feels it is his calling, but there is a much better sign, a mark that has not been thought up just as a matter of expediency for use on some special occasion or in some specific era. It is a universal mark that is to last through all the ages of the church until Jesus comes back. What is this mark? A new command I give you, love one another, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another, John 13, 34, and 35. It is here that Jesus makes clear the distinctive, distinguishing mark of the Christian. This passage reveals the mark that Jesus gave to label a true Christian, not just in one era or in one locality, but at all times and in all places until Jesus returns. Loving. It's the one true mark by which the world has Jesus' permission to judge whether or not we are real, genuine Christ followers. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love's distinction. Well, let's look at the scripture. Now, what lessons can we learn from our study together today? The Great Cost of Discipleship. I'd like to keep our application of today's lesson very, very simple. In fact, in keeping with the D theme that we've used in looking at the Scripture, I have two more D words that I would like to use right here in learning from the study. And the first of those is love's description. Love's description. What does this command to love one another look like? How can we describe this agape love, this third test of whether or not we are truly Jesus' disciples? Well, did you know that besides this original command to love one another here in John 13, 34, and 35, this very same command is repeated 13 more times in the New Testament? But even more significantly, I think, there are many other one another commands in the New Testament, which I believe provide us with a description of how we are to love one another. Now, I've just listed only 14 of these one another commands in your lesson notes. And rather than taking the time right now to expand on each of these commands in today's lesson, I am giving you a homework assignment Take the list, look up each of these scripture references, and then write down some personal insights from each of these one another descriptions, asking God to help you to apply each one of these to your own personal life. Just as an example, look at the first one another on the list. It says, be at peace with one another. We're missing three on the first page. Okay, so we have the wrong notes. Uh, we will correct that. You had, you had the first page, but now you can't follow along with everything I'm asking you to do. I am so very, very sorry. We had some trouble with stuff this week, so apologies, please. Forgive us, we're human. Okay, well, you're not going to get all 14 of these because they were listed for you and I'm not going to give them to you right now because we don't have the time to do it. So therefore, next week we will have these for you. Okay, that's the best I can promise you. And uh, in the meantime, just kind of listen to what I'm asking you to do because you'll have to do it later as a homework assignment. (laughs) For example, the very first one another on the list is Be at Peace with... One another, Mark 9 and verse 50. Now, what do you think Jesus meant by this description of how we are to love one another? In practical terms, what does it mean for us to be at peace with one another? Yeah, there's a good one. Don't argue. That's a good place to begin anyway. I think it means much, much more than that, but I-, I want you to look each of these up, you see, when you get the notes to do so, and be able to um, uh, do this homework exercise, so, because I think that that is a description of how we are to love one another. The second one on the list, by the way, is be devoted to one another. Romans 12, verse 10. Again, in practical terms, what does that description of how we are to love one another look like? How do we show that we are, in fact, devoted to one another? That's a big question, and one that I think we're going to have to dwell on and think about and pray about a bit. And the list goes on. Honor one another, live in harmony with one another, accept one another, instruct one another, serve one another. You get the idea. And again, we'll get those notes to you this next week. Again, all of these one another verses are descriptions of this third test of a true, genuine disciple. And these are actually in your notes only 14 of 58 different one another passages in the New Testament. But it's a good start, and I pray that when you get those notes, you'll get that homework assignment, and it'll help you to be able to grasp in a greater way how today's lesson can be lived out each and every day in your life. These other one another's then are the description of how we love one another as Jesus loved us. Secondly, under love's application, I want you to see love's do, (laughs) D-O, love's do. That sounds kind of weird to say it that way, but if you don't hear anything else that I say this morning in this application of loving, please hear and understand this. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another, is something that we do. Love is a verb. In fact, let's read 1 John 3, verses 16 through 18 out loud together, and I think you'll see what I mean. Let's read this. We know what love is from Christ's example in dying for us, and so we also ought to lay down our lives for our Christian brothers and sisters. But if someone who is supposed to be a Christian has money enough to live well and sees a brother or sister in need and won't help him or her, How can God's love be within them? Little children, let us stop just saying we love people. Let us really love them and show it by our actions. Yeah, love is action. The point is, love is much, much more than just words or feelings. Love is action. When you think of love, think of the word do. (laughs) James 2 verses 15 and 16 puts it this way. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Don't miss that last question. What good does that do? Again, loving is something we do. Love is a verb. Love is action. Someone put it this way, whoever loves much, does much. You want to love one another like Jesus expects us to love one another as his disciples? Then do something. (laughs) Roll up your sleeves and do something. Let me just pause here for a moment and just say, Part of your homework assignment <laughs> today is to look for something to do. Look for something to do to show, to demonstrate love towards someone else. Don't just sit back and say, oh, mm, I love people. I love. No. Quit the talk and do the walk. It's time for us to do something. Love's do. The great cost of discipleship. This morning we've taken a closer look at John 13, 34, and 35, and the third of these six tests that Jesus gives us to help us understand the cost of following Him. If we desire to be authentic, genuine disciples of Jesus, there is a price to be paid. Discipleship requires something of us, and loving is the third of these requirements. In Jesus' words, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Watch this. No exceptions. Thank you, Sharon and Sherry, for loving us enough <laughs> to go and make copies of that second page so that we can have it. Now you have no excuse not to do your homework assignment, okay, yeah, which is to look through those 14 one another's and and just let God speak to your heart on what it looks like really to love like Jesus loves. And then, and then the second part of that is to do something. I mean, literally go find something to do this very day today, this very week ahead. Find some things to do that actually demonstrate. I mean, go out of your way to sacrificially love someone else. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord for um, this time together in your word today. This is an incredibly important part of your teaching, Jesus, to us. This is your call to discipleship. This is who we are and what we are to do. We are to demonstrate love just like you demonstrated your love for us. We are to demonstrate that love to each other. No exceptions. just makes me pause and think. When people look at Springville Church of the Nazarene, do they look at us and say, now there's a group of people who love each other. Will the world stand up and applaud and cheer and say, yeah. Just like they did those Olympians. Because they see us loving one another. They see love demonstrated. May that be so, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.